Salo for Lava, this is Pacific Waves from RNZ Pacific. I'm Susana Suisuki, coming up. From South Auckland to Parliament, that's such a big step for South Auckland. An outpouring of alofa continues to flow for Fa'anana Efeso Collins. Also, and growing up, the number one thing that we heard from my mum is don't settle for less, but you settle for more. A Tongan student in Lower Huts receives a life changing scholarship. And get ready, the Super Rugby Pacific season is back. Respect and alofa continue to come through for Fa'anana Efeso Collins from peers and youth in South Auckland. He's been described as warm, kind and was a strong voice for Māori and Pacifica communities, particularly rangatahi. The Green MP collapsed and died during a charity event in Auckland on Wednesday morning. Before becoming an MP, Fa'anana Efeso Collins was Manukau Ward Councillor for two terms and ran for the Auckland mayoralty in 2022. He gave his maiden speech in Parliament just a week ago. RNZ reporter Lucy Shea has been speaking to people in South Auckland. Here in Ōtara, where Fa'anana was born, raised and served his community, his loss is deeply felt. Winiata Walker, who volunteers his time teaching music to kids in Ōtara, says Fa'anana was always a role model. Such a humble man and from South Auckland to Parliament, that's such a big step for South Auckland. Winiata Walker says his death is a big loss for the communities that relied on him to have their voices heard. As our community, we have to fight harder um, because he was the change, you know. He was someone that we could look up to for change for our community. But since he passed away, I think we have to work together more and work harder. 25-year-old Terangi Parima, who runs the Ōtara Youth Hub, says Fa'anana was a valuable mentor for Rangatahi. Empowering our rangatahi to see them from spaces like the spaces that he sat in. Um, empowering our rangatahi to think beyond, I guess, the lines that have been drawn out for us. And yeah, he's a legend. Terangi Parima says she will always remember how he encouraged youth to consider becoming leaders. He actually was a significant part of supporting our rangatahi, um, our youngest rangatahi who ever went for a local board role, to actually step into those spaces and encourage her. And Manukau Ward Councillor Al Filipina says he was a strong advocate for the underprivileged. Students on uh, public transport to get to school. Obviously the equity issue, he, he brought that to the fore. With the pandemic, for example, there was a lot of things that he would end up asking for. So he was an advocate for the community. His ability to capture an audience is fondly remembered by the CEO of the Papakura Marae, Tony Kake. I remember the time he set me up one time, we were both speaking at a conference and he went first and left me nothing to say. <laughs> but I say that in a complimentary way, not in a like a hee way at all. But he's one of those people that could speak and just had the crowd wrapped around his finger. And for Terangi Parima, Fa'anana departed in a way that embodied what he stood for. He literally passed away exactly what he's always done um, and what he loves, and that's serving his community and being purposeful. A leader who community members say will leave a gap that will be hard to fill. 
Christchurch Pacific leaders during the COVID-19 pandemic were celebrated on Wednesday night at Te Aratai College. Three organisations and three individuals were given awards hosted by the Pacific Youth Leadership and Transformation Charity. Caleb Fotheringham was there and filed this report. Ricky Welsh, who was working at the University of Canterbury at the beginning of the pandemic, got an unexpected call as the country was preparing for lockdown. I got the phone call saying, hey, you've got to be online to meet in um, 10 minutes. And this was 10 o'clock at night time. Um, I was in bed. I had to say, wait, why are you calling me? And they said, oh, because you're the welfare manager. And I was like, is that what I signed up for many years ago? Um, so became the welfare manager in charge of 15,000 students, 2,000 staff, and my job was pretty much make sure we all get through the pandemic. Years later, along with others in the Ōtutahi Pacifica community, he's been honoured for the work he did during the COVID-19 response. Mr Welsh says he feels humbled. Everyone did so much, and so it's hard to accept an award. I actually said no at first, and I suspect most people here did. But at the end of the day, you accept the award because you accept it on behalf of all of the people who supported you. Another award recipient, Maria Parsini, was the coordinator for the COVID-19 response for Pacific Communities. Similar to Mr Welsh, Ms Parsini says the work she did was a collective effort. Pacific people, we don't go on our own anywhere, you know, so relying on others. Uh, And it's always, always a privilege to serve with my colleagues and community. Yeah, so very humbled. Ms Parsini says the pandemic brought out the best in the community. She says it was important Pacific faces were at the front of the response and people were able to see themselves in the workforce. We were able to really showcase our values. So our values of alofa, which is love, tautua, which is service, and real respect and working as a collective, so not independently, but, you know, as a big community and family. Former New Zealand Director-General of Health during the pandemic, Sir Ashley Bloomfield, handed out the awards and gave a speech commending Pacific People's COVID-19 response. He says despite Pacifica communities often being the most affected by outbreaks, they were incredibly responsive. They had the highest testing rates of any group. They had very high vaccination rates. They were incredibly good at listening and, and doing what was asked of them and getting messages out. So, you know, I've only really um, a a lot of good things to say about just how caring they were, not just for each other, but the way they behaved to look after all New Zealanders was just exemplary. Looking to the future of the health workforce, Ms Parsini says it needs to be more diverse, and not just for Pacifica, but also for Māori and rainbow communities. There needs to be more investment in a more diverse workforce because... At the end of the day, only you know your own community, you know, you know them best and people trust when they see themselves in the workforce. Ms Parsini says achieving a more diverse workforce will translate to more people engaging in health services. A New Zealand foundation is marking a milestone after providing 1,000 scholarships to disadvantaged students who otherwise wouldn't be able to afford university. Head girl of Taita College in Lower Hutt, Fekita Vea, is the latest recipient of the first foundation scholarship. The proud Tongan says the scholarship will help kickstart her studies and future career once she leaves high school. Elisha Foon has the story. Shock and tears of joy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
the scholarship will help my family a lot and my mum won't have to worry about my uni, like the bills and everything for my education. Year 13 student and head girl of Taita College, Fikite Via, describing how a call about being the 1,000th recipient of the First Foundation Scholarship has changed her life. She dreams of walking across a stage in a cap and gown, graduating with a law degree. Because I'm the youngest of five girls, and my mum, obviously because I'm the youngest, she worries about me the most, but she mostly worried about like, if, we, if I were to go into student debt, she wasn't sure if she'd be able to help pay it off or anything like that. And when she received the call from me to tell her that I received the scholarship and four grand goes into my learning throughout, like, once a year, I think that just put her at ease. And when I got home, she started crying when she saw me in person. Graduating with a degree is something Vera's mum has always wanted for her girls. And growing up, the number one thing that we heard from a mum is don't settle for less or you settle for more and don't let what anyone tells you ruin what you want to get. It was watching her her struggles throughout life and with us growing up now and watching her, that's what's the number one thing that's driven us to be where we are today, that's driven us to get more, that's caused us to go, okay, we need to get, our education needs to be as best as we can get it at a level so that our mum doesn't have to worry about, oh, how am I going to pay for the house bills, how am I going to do that? Because at the end of the day, we want to be there and be the number one person that she can rely on. The First Foundation provides scholarships for high school graduates, providing them four years of financial aid, a mentor and a professional pathway into a chosen field. First Foundation CEO Kirk Sargent says helping the disadvantaged not only levels the playing field, it also has a ripple effect within communities. That's incredibly humbling to have worked with organisations that have enabled a thousand scholarship. But I think for Fakita, you know, it's potentially going to be life-changing. And we're not ethnicity-based. However, having said that, around 60% of our scholars over the last 25 years have identified as um, Pacifica in some form. Scholars often come back as mentors, passing on their wisdom through the programme. Mr Sargent says many recipients go on to achieve great things, noting one young man's effort to get on the property ladder. He's now a quantity surveyor with, with a really great company at 26. He's um, just purchased his first house in Auckland. Taita College Assistant Principal Ella Henderson has seen more than 20 students in her care awarded with a scholarship. Our school's 80% Māori Pacifica. I mean, there's a huge need. I mean, big families... Um, and big families who often really value education quite highly. And so it's really cool to be able to provide this opportunity for those families who have often got upwards of five kids to be able to say, we can help you to have this scholarship to maybe get what the kids need. Vicky Devere says she wants to show others what is possible and is grateful for the opportunity. But I just want to be a role model that can set an example that they can at least try and follow or look up to. If I were to succeed in, like, in the law field and everything like that, I just want to be someone that Pacifica woman, young woman, can look up to and be like, OK, if she can do this, that means I can do it. Why am I stopping myself from being where she is? The waiting is almost over. As of Friday evening, it's Super Rugby Pacific season again. While the defending champions Crusaders battle the Chiefs in a replay of the 2023 final in Hamilton on Friday, the two Pacific teams, Fiji Ndrua and Moana Pacifica, are preparing for their own opening matches. Elisa Toro has been following the build-up. 
Unrua flying to Auckland on Friday, focus on getting their season off with a good start in Wangari against the Blues on Saturday. But head coach Mick Byrne says it will not be an easy task. There's going to be a lot of enthusiasm. They're going to bring a physical game. If you look at the way they've played their, their first couple of games, they're going to bring a real physical game. And uh, that's what, what I'm expecting. And uh, for us, it's about making sure, as we've done, as I said before, we prepare ourselves well, we travel well, um, we get over there and um, we, meet, we meet fire with fire from the first minute. Moana Pacifica debutant and captain James Lay says they are not only playing to make up the numbers, but have a whole lot of Pacific Islanders who they will be playing for. They meet the Highlanders in Dunedin on Saturday afternoon. And that's why it's even more important that we, we do well as people because, you know, we're trying to inspire our people to keep doing this and keep playing good footy. And, um, you know, we want to make waves in this, te- this competition, not just, you know, be here to set, make up the numbers. Assistant coach Tom Coventry says they are keen to play the Highlanders after their pre-season heat-outs. Some really promising signs against Highlanders and the Hurricanes, particularly from our um, and thinking us place for us. Our big work on is just making sure that we can continue our performance right through. So um, we're in a good state, good mind. Um, picked a reasonably good side, in my opinion, to take the field for the opening fixture. I'm looking forward to it. Meanwhile, Blues winger Mark Delea, who is of Samoan heritage, told Super Rugby Pacific that he is excited to be lining up against Andrua in their opening game. I guess once it starts, that whistle like goes for us, I guess it's showtime for the season. Just want to start it right, so I'm excited for that. Brambis captain Alan Alatoa says he looks forward to the season, especially as he returns from an injury suffered before the 2023 Rugby World Cup. I think for me, it's just getting back out and playing again. Um, been, been in rehab for the last few months. I had a long-term injury last year, so I'm um, just looking forward to being able to put on the Brumbies jersey and getting out and lacing the boots. All 12 teams will be in action this weekend. A good start would encourage Ndrua and Moana Pacifica fans for the four-month competition. That's Pacific Waves for today. To listen back, head over to rnzi.com slash programs. We're also on Spotify, Apple and iHeartRadio. From myself and the RNZ Pacific team, to Fasri 4.